space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. Welcome to the show. If you've never heard us before, this is a space to speak your mind. I'm Richard. We're a radio show and podcast about mental health and well-being made by people with lived experience in association with Cornwall Mind. We do occasionally cover subjects that some listeners may find distressing. And for more information, help and support, you can visit cornwallmind.org. This month, a slightly different show as we highlight Local Mind Week, a chance to find out about the work Cornwall Mind does in the community. I'll be finding out about the campaign with Joe Bolton. Some of those involved with Cornwall Mind will be telling me what they do. Jerry Padfield, Lived Experience Coordinator at Cornwall Mind, will be speaking to Peter Temple, who is Lived Experience Lead for the Complex Emotional Difficulties team, about their involvement in the community mental health transformation. You can find out what happened at the Cornwall Mind skydive, and you'll hear me jump out of a plane at 10,000 feet over Perrinforth. Plus, I'll be catching up with the Mermaids for Mind in Newquay. All that to come on this month's A Space to Speak Your Mind. A Space to Speak Your Mind. It is Local Mind Week and I'm joined by Joe from Cornwall Mind to explain exactly what Local Mind Week is. Good to have you back on the show, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Richard. It's really good to be here. So Mind have launched their first ever Local Mind Week, which started on Monday, 1st of August. And they've launched this campaign really to promote the Local Mind's work and helping people to understand a little bit more about how Mind work as a federation. Most people have heard of Mind, the national mental health charity, but didn't necessarily realise there were over 100 local minds across England and Wales all part of the MIND family, but each an independently registered and funded charity. So what's actually happening for Local MIND Week? Well, the campaign really is to give all the local minds opportunity to let the communities that they work in know a little bit more about what they do, what they offer and how they can support people. And also to encourage people in the communities to support their local mind by fundraising, volunteering, donating, whatever that is. So how does Cornwall Mind fit into Local Mind Week? Well, Cornwall Mind, we're really proud to be part of the Mind family. We get to share lots of knowledge and ideas with Mind and they really help support our work. They provide amazing resources, training and support. They're so good. And our services support hundreds of people in Cornwall every year. The advantage being local means that we understand our own communities and we're able to develop services that local people need. So there's lots of information about Local Mind Week and people can find out more by checking the social media channels for Cornwall Mind. Yeah, we'll be running a bit of a campaign on social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cornwall Mind. We're actually on LinkedIn as well now. And our website, of course, cornwallmind.org. You can sign up to our newsletter on the website too. And hopefully people will understand a little bit more about Mind and help support us and fight for better mental health in Cornwall. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. It's a space to speak your mind, and it is Local Mind Week, and I'm joined by Paul Reeve, who's the CEO of Cornwall Mind. So, Paul, just explain to me what the network of Mind is. Hi, Richard. Thank you. Mind is an amazing network of organisations across the country. So there's National Mind, which is the umbrella organisation for around 115 local minds. So what they call a federated network. So we're all individual charities, but we have to meet the aims and quality as set out by National Mind. And it's really good for people to know the difference between National Mind and local minds. Although we've all got the same aims and objectives, we are different organisations. 
organisations. Since joining Mind, I've realised that nationally it's an amazingly supportive network of information, peer support, expertise. There's some funding that comes down through it. So I've been really delighted to be part of that whole network. You've been with Puma Mind maybe two years now or just under. So what have the changes been during your time here? So I joined Cornwall Mind in September 2020 when we formed from the remaining two local mines. When I joined the organisation, we were a well-being organisation, which we still are. So we run a series of well-being groups, and that's still core to what we offer. Since joining, we have developed quite a lot. So we have some outreach project work where we work one-to-one with people who are facing complex challenges and we help them to move forward with their lives. We also have an influence and participation function where we represent the views of people who have used services in order to inform commissioning and design of new services and we have an amazing community fundraising function and we have some brilliant people who work through that bit of the organization especially as i know you're hearing from the show people like the mermaids so yes we do quite a lot of different things we've still got a long way to go but we can certainly offer you more than we could a couple of years ago and we can only really grow with your support by telling everybody what we do by raising awareness for us if you're thinking of doing some sort of charitable activity and we would obviously be delighted to be the recipients of that so we as an organization and as a group of people we are very keen to grow mind across Cornwall to support people in Cornwall experiencing poor mental health and where do you see the future of Cornwall Mind? If we're looking two years ahead, where would you like the organisation to be? I would like us to be in more places across the county, offering more opportunities for recovery. I have a basic view that everybody can recover. There are some people who've experienced mental ill health who feel that they're not entitled to recovery or they're not entitled to healthy, happy lives. And that just isn't the case. So I would like to develop more of the same and some more interesting things. We work really closely with some amazing partners across the voluntary and community sector, but also in health and the new integrated care system. We're looking to grow those relationships And my vision and the team vision is that we can provide something to help you wherever you are in your journey of recovery. It's really great, especially this week, to shout about the work that Cornwall Mind is doing. So it's really something that people, if they want to get involved, they can do different ways to do it. But really, Cornwall Mind is there to help people and support people so they can get that through Cornwall Mind. They can. I mean, at the moment, we're offering the things that I've talked about. And poor mental health is such a wide spectrum, Richard, as you know. And sometimes people are in abject crisis. And Cornwall Mind isn't currently the organisation to go to for that support. The NHS have a really good 24-hour, seven-day-a-week helpline that you can contact whenever you need to. And they will hook you up with the right support. So if at some point in the show you could give out that number, that's really important. If you don't catch it, it's on our website We are focused on prevention, we're focused on resilience coaching, we're focused on helping people to develop the skills to keep themselves well. When somebody's profoundly unwell or having experiencing quite extreme symptoms, we are lucky to be in a society where we have an NHS that can support you with that. And the new 24-7 NHS local urgent mental health response phone line that Paul mentioned is free to access by anyone, any age on 0800 038 5300. That's 0800 038 5300. I'll repeat that at the end of the show and you can also find it in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast version of this month's programme. A space to speak your mind.
It's a space to speak your mind and we're recognising Local Mind Week and learning more about the people and services from Cornwall Mind. Hi, I'm Lucy. I'm the community fundraiser here at Cornwall Mind and it's my job to help raise awareness and to raise funds for our local mental health charity. So there is a difference between National Mind and Local Minds, of which we are one. Nationally, Mind is there as kind of our parent organisation that lobbies, that researches, that campaigns and actually provides lots of support to local minds. And locally, Cornwall Mind, like other local minds, we're here to provide local services for local people. So your money, your support stays in our county and provides vital wellbeing and recovery support to those people in our communities who are struggling with poor mental health. So whilst we're part of the National Mind Federation, when anyone in Cornwall steps forward to fundraise for us at Cornwall Mind, every penny donated and raised stays in our county, stays in our communities to provide vital services for those who are struggling with their mental health. So in the last few months, we've been busy hosting some events which engage local supporters in coming along to raise funds for us. And this includes skydives. We've had loads of people come along and take on this epic challenge by taking to the skies to parachute and freefall. We've been doing some fire walking. We've got some further events coming up this summer. It's about getting out in our community. It's about reaching out to those to know that we're here, that we're available to offer support and to raise funds. If they've got any ideas to fundraise or they want to get involved, they just need to check our website, cornwallmind.org, or our Facebook page, or to drop us an email at info at cornwallmind.org. Other ways you can get involved, your organisation may want to choose us as Charity of the Year. We can work with you to come up with some great ideas to engage staff. You might want to take a collection tin for us, help us promote some of our events or social media posts. There's lots of different ways that as organisations or as individuals, you can come along to support better mental health here in Cornwall. It's a space to speak your mind and we're recognising Local Mind Week with the staff and volunteers from Cornwall Mind. A space to speak your mind. So my name is Megan and I run a project with Community Energy Plus who support people in fuel poverty in Cornwall. So I work on a one-to-one basis supporting people. We build a recovery action plan together with some attainable goals based on a foundation of the five ways to well-being. So that can be signposting into activities like social sporting, to gardening, to activities around the county that provide social inclusion, being active, getting creative, learning, and of course there's a huge value in volunteering themselves. It's a space to speak your mind and time now to find out what happened at the Cornwall Mind Skydive. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. So I'm here at Perrin Porth Airfield and I'm here with Matt. Hi Matt. Hi Richard, how are you? I'm very good. So a bright skies, lovely weather today. We're going for a skydive. Yeah, I know. Exciting. It looks perfect. I think there should be some good views and a few nerves. <laughs> how are you feeling? Yeah, nervous. Not something I've ever done before, really. I've never done like any bungee jumps or anything like that. Very excited. And yeah, it was a great opportunity to raise some good money for Mind as well. So quite proud of myself. Yeah, we are raising money for Cornwall Mind. And we have been here a couple of times before, haven't we? Because it's been cancelled. But this time, hopefully, we're going to go for it. So what made you actually want to do the jump today? 
I think mental health is, is something that's probably affected me over the COVID period and I've, I've noticed it quite a bit and in friends and family as well. It's certainly at the forefront of my mind. I'm also a volunteer Coast Guard and a lot of the incidents that we deal with, you know, have an underlying sort of mental health issue. So I think the work that mine do is, is fantastic and the support they give. So yeah, a lot of reasons really that's made me quite keen to get involved and raise some money. And I'm working with the co-op as well. Mine's our national partner. So yeah, it's good to get involved in that respect as well. And have you found any interesting ways to fundraise as well? Just through family and friends really. And yeah, we've done a bit of fundraising in store. All my colleagues have sort of got behind it and at the till and we've had a little collection jar. They've all been telling all our local shoppers what the plan is and, and what I'm doing. And um, yeah, they've all thought I'm very brave and, and very stupid and dropped a few quid in the jar. So it's helped and raised some money and uh, got the community on board and supported me as well. Good luck today and I uh, hope you enjoy your skydive. Thank you very much. <laughs> So Debbie, you're here as well. Just remind us, you're Debbie from Cornwall Mind. You've done loads of fundraising for us before, haven't you, as well? I have indeed. I did some fundraising for Mind. We did a bike ride from Land's End to John O'Groats and various local events and things. Completely support Cornwall Mind and all they're doing. Yeah, here to do the skydive today. Fourth time lucky and it's a beautiful day. So fingers crossed. Really nice day, isn't it? Just how you're briefing as well. How was that? Yeah, it's great. I hope I remember it all. Seems fine. I think I've just got to remember one or two key things. But yeah, it's going to be really exciting and uh, can't wait to get up there. Sort of want to do it now. As we say, it has been postponed a couple of times, but perfect weather today and we're all ready. So you're about to jump now, aren't you? Yep, should be quite soon. I think Matt and I are going together and um, yeah, all being well. Oh, I guess it'll be over really quickly, which will be sad. But what a wonderful opportunity and what a great cause. So for all those people that we're trying to do things to help, I think this is really worthwhile and proud to be doing it. Have yourself a great time up there. Thank you. So Matt and Debbie are just off into the plane now and I'm joined by Ben from Pika Digital. So a great day for it. We're hoping we're going to have nice weather. How are you feeling? I'd say slightly nervous. I don't think it's really going to feel like it's kicking in until I'm suited up, sort of sat in the plane, which looks quite small. And uh, it's going to be an interesting one, but not something I've ever done before. Slightly excited, but definitely some nerves there as well. Yeah, it is a small plane. I think that's the bit I'm most nervous about, getting in the plane. I think the actual jump won't be quite so bad once we're up there. Yeah, we'll probably be wanting to actually get out of it once we're all the way up there. But um, yeah, hoping for some really good sort of views on the way down and uh, tick it off the list. So what was it that made you want to do the skydive? That sort of thing, I think it's something you should try and accomplish and, you know, tick it off the list. It's not something that comes around every day. Obviously, it's got the attachment to mind to it, which makes it that much more important and gives it a real sort of good feeling behind it, a bit of fundraising and just a challenge, really, and something to say that I've done. And what a place to do it as well, the coastal views of Cornwall. You guys over at Peaky Digital, you've been supporting Cornwall Mind over the past year. So what was it that made you want to decide to support the charity? Charity-wise, we all sort of collectively put enterprises or charities into a bit of a hat and pick out from there. Seems like the fairest way to do it. We keep it within a local radius as well, hence with the focus for Cornwall Mind. And at the time that we were doing it, it felt like it had a real sense of need and purpose with the sort of COVID 18 months that everybody's had and gone through. Mental health does feel like it's come to the surface that much more over recent years as well. So yeah, it was one of those things where it came out of a hat, but time and place to do it made a lot of sense. And we helped them in a variety of different ways, mainly sort of website content and guidance through digital marketing, sort of sharing our expertise in that sense, but then also using Google Ad Grants, which is a free tool from Google that links with their Google Ads software, whereby you get $10,000 of free advertising spend per month. And we use that to create some campaigns to uh, share more about what's going on and how people can get involved. 
And you've been fundraising as well for today. So any interesting stories, any ways that you've been fundraising? I went for the approach that I'm very lucky to be doing a skydive that is funded for through the charity programme. So I took it upon myself to set a challenge of running 5k every day for 30 days. And yeah, it was an interesting one. It was definitely a lot harder than I thought it would be. And a big challenge to just get out there and do it every day, to find the motivation sometimes to actually commit to doing the 5K was a big one. But then it gave the fundraising more of a purpose. I think it helped friends and family to like get behind it a bit more. And yeah, hit the target, which is great, sharing across social media and word of mouth and those things that you do. But my colleagues were really generous, friends and family were really generous. So yeah, it was a great way to raise a bit of extra money. So you've already done so many challenges. What do you think is going to be next after the skydive? Oh, that's a good question. I'm really into surfing, which is great because I live in Cornwall, sport for choice. I think a trip abroad somewhere to a new place with some waves that I've never surfed before, warmer climate, maybe a tropical sort of feel. Surfing in board shorts would be the one. But yeah, I think take on a new place, get abroad, seeing as we've all sort of been around Cornwall and the region for so long it'd be good to get away and the wind's dying down now as you can probably hear the, it's getting a bit warmer I think it does feel like it's getting warmer and they're, they're calling us over so I think we might be going over for the skydive so uh, let's get ready cheers sounds good thank you so my bets getting to the plane right now I'm joining Megan from Cornwall Mind who's also going to be jumping the next time you hear from us I'll be at 10,000 feet above Cornwall We've just had the parachute open. We're going to floor for about 30 seconds and we are over Pentecost. Quite cloudy, but uh, that's quite nice. Calm. Okay, can you grab all the yeah, gotcha. See the airfield. How many feet are we? 900, 900 feet. We can see the airfield now. Find ourselves up right with the runway now. Where's that landing site? We're just over here, aren't we? See the landing area? Stand up, stand up! Hey, welcome back! And we're back, and we're on the ground! Thank you so much, that's brilliant, fantastic, thank nice, you! Nice one! Loved it! So, it? Megan, you've just jumped as well, how did you feel? Oh, I don't know if there's words. I'm buzzing, I just want to go again. <laughs> Can we go again? Yeah, we'll go again. <laughs> what was the best bit for you? I think there's like just after you come out of the plane and it's a little bit scary and then you just sort of like let go of that fear and enjoy the free fall. That's really yeah. nice. Did you enjoy the free fall more or did you enjoy the actual ones once the parachute was open? Well, I like the free fall, but then we did some spinny things. Yeah, and that was we fun. did some spinny things as well. Nice. <laughs> so we're going to do this again sometime? Yeah, yeah. That same time tomorrow. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> a space to speak your mind. Thanks to all those that have skydived for Cornwall Mind in recent months, and to those who've raised money in many other ways too. This is a space to speak your mind, and the 1st to the 5th of August is Local Mind Week, so on the show today we're hearing from some of the staff and volunteers from Cornwall Mind. Hi, my name's Rob. We're here in Weatherspoons in Helston for the Helston Community Cafe. Around the county we have community cafes in different locations, so we've got them in Falmouth, Truro, Penzance and here. Just starting this one up, but it seems to be that people were interested, so we thought it would be a good place to set one up. Community cafes are a really good space, people come together, just get talking and they can talk about anything they want and sometimes they can talk about mental health and sometimes they can just talk and have a chat and it's just a good way to connect with other people. People come here because a lot of people feel isolated. Some people come here to get advice, some people come here to talk to mine staff and they 
can come along to the community cafe in almost in a crisis but just being part of a group just being able to articulate how they're feeling can give them real sense of just that they're not alone and they're not struggling alone talking to people can help other members of the group can give support and we can give them advice and refer on to other services so it's really effective in a lot of ways for example today we've got a lot of social prescribers we've got some social prescribers from the Helston area coming in talking about how we can link in with each other and often when people come to us with a housing need or a welfare need or a health need then we can talk to them about it and then when sort of talk to them about what the next stage and with their consent with their ideas about what they would like to do next rather than us telling them exactly what they should do so giving them ideas about how they can help themselves we've also set up a community cafe in St Just with the idea that isolated locations isolated areas need community cafes perhaps more than in the towns in this county so there's a new community cafe in St Just and we're thinking about hopefully setting them up in other villages in isolated locations. Another thing we've started is the five ways to well-being program based on the five ways to well-being connecting being active taking notice giving and learning and these are sort of basic ideas to help people with their well-being and mental health. We're halfway through a program in Redruth which is going really well start off with a discussion and peer support and then highlight how they can use the five ways in their everyday life. We're using practical activities, we had a yoga session, we'd be making things so we can give and then we're also going to start up a community project. Each program is going to have a community project. The first programme started in Redruth, that was almost a bit of a pilot, just seeing how well it works and I've been consulting the members and getting feedback from them. We've got a programme starting in Helston in September and Penzance shortly after that. And in Helston we're hoping there's some really good community projects in Helston. There's a growing project, the museum's really on board with mental health and linking in with MIND. So it's a really good opportunity to link in with community groups and community projects. I'm really inspired by the community cafes and the Five Ways to Wellbeing and all the other work that we're doing in the local area. The feedback that we get from people is awesome, people attending and also the feedback we get from other agencies and services that what we're doing doesn't seem like rocket science perhaps but just a small thing like having a cup of coffee, having a chat can make a a world of difference. A space to speak your mind. Hi, I'm Blanca. I'm the volunteer coordinator for Como Mind. So I hire, train and manage volunteers for all of our community cafes and wellbeing groups. We rely heavily on volunteers. So we have volunteers that help us run community cafes. At the moment, we have nine community cafes across all of Cornwall. We have several groups. We have Bodmin Gardening Group and Bodmin Music Group. We have Falmouth Allotment. What makes a good volunteer is somebody that is passionate about mental health, somebody that is interested in the area they want to volunteer, whether that is a radio show, gardening group, or anything else that we run. Ideally, somebody that is empathic, easy to connect with other people, somebody that's willing to help. I think everybody takes something different from volunteering. A lot of our volunteers like to give back to the community. Quite a few of our volunteers are people with experience who have used several different services themselves and they like to help other people. It's a form of socialising and re-engaging with community and it's also fun because we can do walking and art and our radio show is quite exciting as well so it varies on what people do within Como Mind.
If you're interested in volunteering for Como Mind, send me an email. That's planka at comomind.org. And I'll be more than happy to have a little chat with you, send you an application and take you from there. This is a space to speak your mind. And the 1st to the 5th of August is Local Mind Week. So we're hearing from some of the staff and volunteers from Cornwall Mind. A space to speak your mind. Lisa, I'm a volunteer for Cornwall Mind. I'm really proud to say I came across Cornwall Mind a couple of years ago during lockdown and I attended the online Zoom yoga and the creative writing workshops. I've got to say they were life changing, really. It was meeting people online and I've made some good friends, really good friends since then. It got me through so much and I wanted to give something back in whatever little way I could. So when things eased, I decided that in my time that I had free, I wanted to take part in the social cafes. So every now and again, I will go to Truro and Falmouth and it's amazing because it's just like, even though you're giving yourself and your service... I get so much back from it as well. It's just brilliant because my health condition is quite limiting to and very random to when I can go out when I feel well enough. And the wonderful thing about volunteering for Cornwall Mind is that I don't have to feel bad if I can't make it. I feel bad in myself because I know how much it gives me socially. It's good fun and good laughs and just I love it so much. And I would recommend to anyone if they've got any time, it doesn't have to be a lot. It's not always about money. I think there's such a lot of emphasis about money and charities. Yes, it's really, really important. But the connection with people is twofold for me. So I absolutely love it. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. So I'm in Newquay and I'm joined by the Mermaids for Mind. So let's just go around and let's see who we've got today. My name's Katie. I'm Storm. I'm Mayhem. Mischief. Tasha. So what are the Mermaids for Mind, Katie? So we joined as a, a merpod together and we swim under two pods, Nuki Merpod and Cornish Merpod. Through the Nuki Merpod, we do a lot of fundraising for Cornwall Mind, hence we use the hashtag Mermaids for Mind. We do public free wash-ups, basically, so it's an opportunity for children and adults alike to come and see us swim up normally locally to this harbour, Nuki, because it's a nice, safe place for us to swim and there's lots of space for the children to come and meet us, but all around the coast of Cornwall. And we offer this for free and we ask that people make a donation to Cornwall Mind, which is obviously a charity that we believe is really, really important and a really vital service for everybody locally. And what was the reason for setting this up and how long have you been going? Probably been going for just over a year. And it started with just wanting an excuse to perform mermaiding, to wash up. And then it's turned into something a lot bigger and quite spectacular, better than we expected. I think it gives young children the opportunity to see the magic, to feel involved in something. And I say it's also a great fundraising opportunity as well. So two things. And I say it's just it's really lovely for them. The smiles we see on their faces, it's really heartwarming. And it's an experience for them like they won't get anywhere else. But it, I think it's important to say it's not just actually for them as well. We get as much out of it. So we do this for fun in our spare time. And actually the joy and the pleasure that we get from it... And and the friendship that we've built through it as well, which has obviously been really, really beneficial 
for us from a mental health perspective it's our chance to sort of escape reality and go and do something magic and then when we get the opportunity to share that it just intensifies it you know it makes everything twofold. I became a mermaid about five years ago. I lost my dad and was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and through my life has had a journey with mental health. I used to be a fairy called Mischief that used to raise funds for Marie Curie and Mind and did a project called Mums in Mind for postnatal depression and remembered that it's okay to run away with the fairies and find that magic because it gives a little bit of confidence and belief in yourself that it's all right to ride the storm and it's okay to feel rubbish sometimes but then you really really need to remember that the magic is real no matter what anyone says it's not just about putting tails on it's not just about us having fun or kids having fun it's about reminding people what's important and after covid and all the loss it's something that everyone had to remember that we are well we're friends we're mermaid friends as well (laughs) mental health should not be spoken about quietly it should be splashed about flipped about and mermaided everywhere yeah and i find that one of the reasons that i started it was getting involved with just being outside in open water swimming and experiencing that is so beneficial for my mental health to find something that also gives other people that magical experience where they can just be distracted from whatever's happening in their life as well i think is amazing Remind us of what we're actually up to today and what you've done in previous weeks and uh, since COVID. Today we are about to wash up in Nuki Harbour. So we're hoping we will see some two-legger friends and maybe some four-legger friends down there as well. And we'll be doing, we do wash-ups at Falmouth at Gilly and we do events all over Cornwall. We like to turn up at festivals, Comic-Cons, you name it, wherever people need to be reminded that magic and better mental health is needed. We will be there! We'll be at Geek Fest on the 6th and 7th of August and we'll be at Boardmasters as well. Yeah, excitingly we're a bit boardmasters and at both of those we will be fundraising and raising awareness for Cornwall Mind as well so if somebody wants to come and see us not in the water then we will be land-legged for those days and you're also on social media as well so people can follow yeah. you and see your pictures yeah they can find us on social media the Cornish Merpod on Instagram or Nuki underscore Merpod on Instagram and also both of those are on Facebook as well and if people wanted to become a mermaid or they're interested in following you what's the best advice you can give mermaiding is not that safe Tying your legs together and jumping in the sea takes training, thought, using the right kit and we recommend that people if they're going to endeavour on mermaiding that they think about it seriously, get the training, be strong swimmers, learn about the sea, learn about ocean conservation. So we have the three key things that you need to be safe in the sea, know about the sea, know about conservation, looking after it and be all about the magic. If anybody is interested in becoming part of the mermaid phenomenon, then Mischief, our mermaid, does actually do mermaid experience days and mermaid training sessions as well, which you can find out through her Instagram as well. Fantastic. Well, enjoy your swim. Really good to meet you, ladies. And of course, you can follow the Mermaids for Mind on their social media channels. A space to speak your mind. Okay, so I'm here with Lorna, who's a volunteer for Cornwall Mind. We've just spoken to the Mermaids for Mind and we're at Newquay Beach just waiting for the mermaids to come out and entertain the crowds. There's a lot of people here today, aren't there? It's very busy this afternoon. It's got a lot of attention. So just tell me a bit about what your involvement is with Cornwall Mind. So at the moment I am volunteering with mainly the wellbeing groups, so going to a different wellbeing group each day and supporting the staff members with people from all different types of backgrounds doing nice different tasks. So we have allotments, we've got a Cornwall Mind Garden that I volunteer with, community cafes all over Cornwall, so yeah, good variety. And what was it that made you want to get involved with Cornwall Mind? 
I think just the importance coming out of the last few years, Cornwall's really struggled, I think, coming out of the pandemic, relying heavily on holiday trade. We're very seasonal and I think that's put a lot of people out. There's a lot of support required, I think, through Cornwall and I thought it was important to do something in the community. And it's great to be out on days like this as well because we get so much from it as well, don't oh, we? I know, it's incredible. It's so nice to be able to come out and see people out and about and hopefully see some mermaids swimming. <laughs> And we're here collecting for the mermaids for mines, so raising money for Cornwall Mines. And there's a lot of people about, so the mermaids are just getting ready now. Are you going to go and see what they're up to? Are you going to go and see what the crowds are doing? Yeah, I'm going to go and try and get as close as I can to them and maybe have some conversations with people in the crowd, see what drew them to come and see the mermaids today. Yeah, and it's a really lovely afternoon. And I think you know, we've already been speaking to a couple of people here who have come down especially to see them. So uh, I think it's going to be a great spectacle. But Lorna, thank you so much for everything that you do. And uh, we really appreciate you talking with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a space to speak your mind and we're recognising Local Mind Week with the staff and volunteers from Cornwall Mind. Hi there. So my name is Claire and I work at Cornwall Mind and my role has been as a peer support network coordinator. So within Cornwall Mind and other voluntary organisations, we have peer support workers who are people with lived experience who are now working in a professional peer support worker role and most of those are then kind of linked also with the NHS so they have honorary contracts with the NHS so very much that kind of collaboration and integration between the voluntary sector and the NHS. So these peer support workers sit within different teams across Cornwall. So some of them are in the perinatal team, for example. Others are in kind of back to employment roles. Others are working in forensics. Others are working in sort of complex emotional difficulties. And my role has really been to get these peer support workers together once a month as a kind of little network really because these are all new roles within Cornwall. So it's been a bit of a kind of trial over the last year or so of these roles and getting them together, forming a kind of professional network has been really important to their growth and development. So once a month, we've been getting together, sharing kind of successes and challenges of these new roles, which are part of kind of the overall mental health transformation strategy. And the output has been a report that I've recently shared with the leadership team around what those challenges are and what those successes are and how that might be developed in the future. So that's me. A space to speak your mind. Hello, my name is Jerry Padfield and I'm the Lived Experience Coordinator for Cornwall Mind. As it's Local Mind Week, I'll say a little bit about the work I do, which is based in something called the Community Mental Health Transformation. And my particular role is involved in getting lived experience of poor mental health into the conversation about changing the NHS mental health services in Cornwall. It's quite exciting and pioneering work. We're doing a really ambitious scheme in Cornwall to build a lived experience network of people with poor mental health who are available to take part in projects with the NHS to help develop and deliver the new mental health services which are coming. I'm also recording a series of interviews with people who are involved in this community mental health transformation to talk about the work that's going on that will impact greatly the mental health services in Cornwall. As part of that, I spoke to Peter Temple, who's the Advanced Lived Experience Development Lead for the Complex Emotional Difficulties Team. My first question, which I'm asking kind of everyone I talk to about the mental health transformation is, what does the community mental health transformation mean for you? For me, it means so much is what it means to me. For me, it means a rebirth of mental health services. It means everything you can imagine transformation means, but it means getting 
peer support out there. It means bringing lived experience into the trust. It means meeting all those commitments that were laid out in the long-term plan back in 2019 and really breathing life into those really, really almost beautiful commitments to improving services and improving the outcomes for people within services, particularly my area of interest is for people with complex emotional difficulties and the changes that are going to be happening for people facing those difficulties is going to be massive. It really is going to be massive. And that is just so hopeful. Can you just explain a bit about your work, what you're doing on the complex emotional difficulties team and actually maybe what complex emotional difficulties means? Because it might be a phrase that people haven't heard. It's kind of what we used to call personality disorder, isn't it? That's right. So way back in 2003, 2004, the National Institute for Mental Health Excellence brought out two papers. One was called The Diagnosis of Exclusion, which really commented that somebody who was labelled with personality disorder was essentially facing an awful lot of not just stigma from the label, but an act of exclusion from services. And we see that. We talk about a gap population of people who are too unwell for primary care, potentially too risky for primary care, expressing distress in a range of ways that make people nervous when they're trying to manage their care. So that might be self-injury, it might be other risky behaviours. So what we were finding in that paper highlighted was the fact that meant that doors were shutting to those people. And then services themselves were saying, well, we don't hospitalise these people, that we've got evidence that says that that's not working. So there wasn't really a service for them. After we had diagnosis of exclusion, we had breaking the cycle of rejection. And essentially, that was a capabilities framework, which set out what we were going to do to try and help overcome that. And you might think, oh, these papers are a long time ago. But actually, the improvements that they were calling for haven't been actualized on the ground particularly well. And we're starting to see that come through now. And it's really what transformation on the back of the long term plan is really trying to do is to change that so that it's no longer a diagnosis of exclusion genuinely and so my role is to say well if we're going to include people how are we going to include people and from my point of view that starts at the very grassroots by employing people who have experienced those difficulties within teams so that they can make proactive changes and kind of comments on what would have been helpful for them in their recovery so that's where I am and we've got a whole load of different programs Jerry to roll out and I'd love to tell you more about them. Brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about them. But what excites me is we both have lived experience in our job titles. So, I mean, can you talk a bit about in specifically with the transformation lived experiences in there, isn't it, about something that they got to get in there now? And what does that mean for you? I mean, in terms of we both have lived experience and what is the value of lived experience in the work you're doing? I think that it's just invaluable because I've come through the services. So I'm now working for CEDIT. So part of the changes that have come through is that we recognise that telling people that their personality is disordered is unhelpful because it ignores the what's happened to you context or it just deals with what's wrong with you rather than asking what's happened to you. So we know that people who suffer in these ways have usually, and different studies have different figures, but usually got some element of trauma in their early history. So we're coming from that place of having a difficult start, potentially. A lot of the trauma is early trauma. And then we come through services. And what we learn in that journey is really important. We can put that back into services now. So I've had experience of dialectical behavioural therapy. I'm studying as a cat therapist. I've had personal experience of cat therapy now too. So if somebody comes on to caseload and they want to say, well, what does DBT or dialectical behavioural therapy do for you? 
I can say, well, for me, I felt it saved my life because it helped me decrease some of those risky behaviours that I was engaging in to try and just survive and allowed me some peace and some kind of reflective time. And during that, I went back to school. I retrained as a nurse. And now my life is very much back on track. And that's a gift that we would like to give to other people. What we know in terms of what we're going to be doing next is really ramping up the avenues to open up for peer support. So we want to be launching peer support groups across Cornwall, specifically for people who struggle in the same ways as we do, so that we can share our experience and our recovery stories and what's been helpful for us. Because what's helpful for one person won't be helpful for another person. For me, paddleboarding has been an essential part of my recovery. It's been really important to me. And through that, I've made more friends, which was also I wasn't very connected socially. So getting connections to people was really important to me. But somebody else that you spoke to would have a fear of the sea, perhaps, or wouldn't be able to swim. And so that wouldn't be their recovery story. So we need to make sure that we're expanding it out so that we can help as many people as possible find connections that are going to be meaningful to them. And that's what I feel that my job managing my team of peer support workers is going to be all about. So we've got three peer support workers in the complex emotional difficulties team. They're going to be helping running those peer support groups. But we're also going to be managing it from the other side as well. So we've talked a little bit about diagnosis of exclusion and the stigmatizing attitudes towards people with this diagnosis. So the other side of the coin is, of course, to improve staff training in order to improve staff attitudes. So a big part of that is going to be the knowledge and understanding framework training and rolling that out for staff working in the NHS and the third sector and the voluntary sector locally. So anybody working with somebody with complex emotional difficulties would be able to sign up to that training. And that training did again come out of those original documents I'm talking about, no longer a diagnosis of exclusion and breaking the cycle of rejection. That's what the government felt was going to be most important to address this issue. And here we are so many years later after 2007, and we're really getting it embedded in the trust here in Cornwall now. When I hear you speak, you sound quite positive and kind of upbeat about the work that's going on. And I know from my own experience, sometimes you do have like your doubts and stuff, especially coming from a place of lived experience. You think it's here to stay is what I'm trying to say, maybe, because there have been schemes before where they've tried to change the mental health services in a certain way. Do you think the transformation is something that they can't roll back or decide we're not doing this anymore? It's kind of lived experiences here to stay. I can really understand where scepticism might come from. As I say, we've got all of those documents and papers which would suggest a healthy dose of scepticism. And yet this is something that I personally have been campaigning for for so many years. Throughout my student journey, I was making trainings for people working with complex emotional difficulties, sharing my story with people to say, look, this isn't a hopeless, because I think that's the biggest part of it, is that if it's your personality that's disordered, There may be a conception that personality is something that doesn't change over time. So something this is an illness or a disorder that you might never recover from. And I think that there's been a real lack of hope when it comes to treating complex emotional difficulties in the past. And what I love about transformation is that it completely turns that mindset on its head. And absolutely, I think it's here to stay, partly because there's such a groundswell from the lived experience community, which is calling for and insisting on these changes, but partly because 
I mean, I am in these meetings at the top level of the trust at the moment. And the commitment and the passion that those people are showing is just wonderful to see. It feels as if we've caught up. It feels as if we're finally there. And I am really hopeful. I'm really excited that all of these things that I'd hoped for for so long and have been campaigning for so long just finally seem to be getting momentum and getting the right people behind them. I think that's the other thing is that we seem to have the right people in the right posts at the moment to really push this forward. And you know that you can tell when people are behind it because you're asking difficult questions and they're coming back to you with the answers and they're trying to push the projects forward. So, yes, I am very, very excited about being part of mental health services at the moment. Thrilled to be part of what I feel is very much the solution or the beginning stages of the solution. I think that our ideas are going to develop and change and grow over time. But I really do feel as if we're on that launch pad and where we go from here is only going to be better and up. Yeah, I definitely relate to what you're saying there because I go to some of those meetings too. And there is a definite enthusiasm and commitment from clinicians and NHS staff, isn't there, towards making things better, really. And everything in those documents you can't really argue with. And people, I think, who have been through the system wouldn't argue with it either. You know, it's all there in black and white now, isn't it? That there's no excuses, there's no hiding from the things that need to change. They're all written down. That's it, exactly. And I, of course, I understand, Jerry. I mean, I've worked in one of the busy CMHTs during COVID. I understand the pressures that those people have been under and the traumas that have been experienced as a result of working for the last couple of years and how tired people are and how much they've put in at great personal cost over the last couple of years to keep everything moving. And I can understand how there may be some cynicism from those people still in those roles of thinking, you know, when is this going to come online? But we're working so hard to get it online. And I just feel as if we will get to a stage where our peer support groups are running and people who have previously been feeling very alone with their caseloads, with the risk that they're managing, won't be feeling alone. They will feel that they've got more support, both from the peer support team at our end of it. But I think that the transformation is going to grow so much in terms of ability to access the specialist teams, ways into specialist teams. So the new system of being able to be referred essentially straight from your GP to the complex emotional difficulties team or from Pentreath or from, you know, so many different points now. It's going to be really what I view as a democratisation of the system. Well, I think that might be a good place to end it, but is there anything else you'd like to say? No, just to reiterate the same messages that it's such an exciting time to be working in healthcare and I'm so proud of my team of peer support workers for as hard as they're working to make some of these really quite lofty ambitions come to reality. Thanks very much for joining us today. That's Peter Temple. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. A space to speak your mind. Thanks to Jerry, and you can find out more about the community health transformation at cornwallmind.org. And for support and more information for better mental health, visit cornwallmind.org or call the Mind Helpline during office hours on 0300 123 3393. There's also a new 24-7 NHS local urgent mental health response phone line, which is free to access by anyone, any age, on 0800 038 5300. That's 0800 038 5300. And if you missed that, you can also check the show notes on our podcast version of this programme. And don't forget, you can call the Samaritans anytime for free on 116123. We'd love to hear your views on the show and anything you want us to cover. Just email a space to speak your mind at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter at a space to speak or like us on our Facebook page. 
I'm Richard, and I hope you'll join me next month on A Space to Speak Your Mind. A Space to Speak Your Mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health.